though I did what I feel like is a, a good amount of preparatory work, the Lord did even more. And on the, on the way here, um, he was just really moving in our vehicle. And I was listening to a song. Um, let me just get that song out for you. You say. Yes. It's called You Say by Lauren Daigle. And um, I'm not going to sing it, but I will, I will just uh, encourage you that this song, thank you, but this song is actually, from what, the way I take it, the way I understand it, the song is about salvation, really. It is about the good news. It is about everything that God laid down so that we could feel loved and encouraged. It says, I keep fighting voices in my head or in my mind that say that I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Mm -hmm. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. And when I heard those words this morning, I was re reminded that actually that's the church crying out as well. Mm -hmm. so the church is often beaten down um, and, and spoken about negatively by so many people out there. And so sometimes she has a little bit of an identity crisis. And she doesn't remember that she is actually the hope. Like, she actually carries the hope of glory within her. Yeah. And she needs to be reminded from time to time, like, when it's tough, like, am I more than just this? Because she's also a bride. She's not just a, uh, a, a grouping of people, but she's a bride being prepared for the Lord, for Jesus. And says, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short, and when I don't belong, oh, you say I'm yours. And I believe, I believe, mm. what you say about me, or say of me. Anyways, I'm going to encourage you to just go ahead and, and listen to that song, and, and remember that there's even people in your own lives, I'm just, I'm prophesying over you right now, there are people in your own lives, there are friends, there are family members that you carry in your heart that, uh, that are struggling, that that well, maybe don't feel very close to the Lord right now, or maybe they don't even believe, but you can just hold them in your hands right now. And I'm going to prophesy to you this right now, that there's going to be, there's coming a change in their lives where the Lord is actually going to bless them. And there's going to be tremendous spiritual breakthrough in their hearts, in their lives. It's going to affect everything where the, whereby they realize that there's this kingdom of darkness all around them, but God is calling them into the glorious light. And yes. that is actually the power of the church yes. as well, is that we're meant to partner together with Jesus to draw people in, out of darkness, into light. And I want you to know right now, there are some of you right now, that you're, you're afraid that your children may be, may be already condemned, or, or they're walking a road towards hell. And I'm just going to tell you right now, that God is not done. He's Amen. not finished, yes, right? He's paid the price, and He's pursuing your family. He's pursuing your sons. He's pursuing your daughters. Yes. And, and for those sons and daughters who are looking at their parents and saying, man, where are my parents? He's pursuing your parents. He's pursuing your grandparents. There isn't a single person he's not pursuing. right? He wants everybody. It's, the Bible tells us that, that yeah. God wills that none should perish, but that all would have everlasting yes. life. Yes. So that's his aim. That's his goal. He's driving at it, and uh, he's really great at attaining his goals. You know? yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Alright, so we're going to talk today about why does the church exist? What's the point? And I think it's actually an extremely valid word because in this topic, we're really going to be uh, talking about, you know, why do we meet Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or whenever? Like, what is the point of gathering together? 
what is the point of even you guys being online right now and, and just like sitting there endeavoring to hear a word from God for your life? Like there's a point to it, right? And uh, I'm not going to focus so much today on the ecclesia, which is, a, which is a governing body that Jesus is building, but I am going to talk about the body of believers that today, today are known as the church. Come on. In Acts 2.42, we can consider that to be a sort of purpose statement for the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There's four things there that you can see. According to this verse, the purposes or the activities of the church or the, the, the body of believers that gathered together, number one is teaching biblical doctrine or learning biblical doctrine. Two, providing a place of fellowship for believers. Three, observing the Lord's Supper. And four, praying. The church is to be a place where believers can observe the Lord's Supper, remembering Christ's death and shed blood on our behalf. You can see that in 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26. The concept of breaking bread or having a meal together, sharing a meal together. There's such great fellowship in that. There's a connection over that. And oftentimes, I think you, um, you could probably testify to this even better than I. Uh, but but very likely, you've experienced some times where you're sitting across a meal, uh, table from somebody and you're just eating, and there's things that just start to come out. You know, like you're laughing and you're enjoying time together, and then that leads to like a heart connection. Your heart just begins to open up, and you share back and forth just maybe some of the things that are going through your life, that dreams you have, or goals you have, or or struggles that you're currently going through that you really, you know, you want Lord, the Lord to speak into. And you we're able to have that connection largely because there's something between us that we're sharing that is phenomenal, right? Like Jen's um, cabbage rolls that we're going to be eating later. Or I'm going to be eating later. I don't know what y'all are going to be doing. But uh, it's going to be awesome. And so there is that, there is that need of connection, that connecting point that uh, works really well over a meal. It's also a way of promoting church fellowship. And so, like... What we were doing prior to this, to the, uh, the pandemic, I really actually hate that word, but, but what we were doing as a church is we were having um, potlucks. potlucks. Thank you, everybody. This is why it's good to meet together. <laughs> and uh, we were having potlucks, and it was amazing because there was people that would come and, and who haven't been to the church before or haven't come for a long time. And just there's just such a great connection being able to eat and eat together and share food with other people. The church is to be a place that promotes prayer. You know, it promotes, the, it, it even promotes teaching on prayer. How do we pray? What is the point? Like, what are the spiritual practices that, that Jesus himself actually utilized to feel that connection with God, even when, when everything else around him uh, was, was really, really busy? You know, I remember one of the, one of the best uh, examples that I feel Jesus gives us is that right in the middle of the night when everybody else around him was sleeping, he got up and he left, he left the room, he left the place they were staying, and he went to a solitary place to be with the Lord. You know, like, it matters, you guys, it matters. And so part of the church, part of meeting together as a collective body is encouraging one another to go ahead and to go after that. You know, to go after those intimate moments with God and, and to even have those intimate moments with God together. Uh, the Lord also tells us that uh, we should be anxious about nothing. He says, do not be anxious 
about anything. This is Philippians 4, 6-7. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace and... So check this out. You present, right? Present to the Lord. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You don't even have to do it. He does it. Amen. He does it. When we present our requests to the Lord, He then guards our heart. He gives us peace. It's awesome. It's not something you have to wrestle with. It's actually a gift from God. Another commission given to the church is proclaiming the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ. And this is actually, even though I've got pages and pages of notes, this is actually where I believe the crux of, of today's message is and where God is bringing us. The gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 18-20 says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I want you to understand what that means, disciples. He didn't say, now go, seek and save the lost. That was the job of Jesus. The job that he gives us as a church is to go and make disciples. To, to, to teach people how to live in love and in unity with Christ as the center. Making disciples that we will be just like Jesus. That we will operate as sons of the Most High. It also says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe. So there's a teaching component, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so I just wanted to, I just wanted to put it out there. What is the gospel of salvation? Mm. What is it? Well, Ephesians 2, 8-9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, and that, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. What is this really saying to us? You can't do it. You can't save yourself. We, none of us can. Mm. But it is actually a gift of God through Jesus Christ. He gives it to us. Even faith. He gives us faith to believe. I mean, like, come on. He's made it so simple. He's really actually made it so simple. There is absolutely nothing we can do. To cause him to love us or to even love us less. Mm -hmm. He just loves us. So and he's done everything so that we can have that. So he even gives us the faith required to believe in him. I mean, come on. This is just absolutely ridiculous. Second Corinthians 5.21 says this. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that he might become the right that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus, who knew no sin, he was absolutely perfect and blameless, became sin so that you and I, so that you and I, I mean, come on, we're in this together, that you and I could become the righteousness of God in Christ. You can't even make yourself righteous. God does it. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to do this for you because it's, such, it's a gift. It's my gift to you. I love you. And I want you to see that I've done everything to remove the sin out of your life, iniquity out of your life, and I'm pouring into you my righteousness. Yeah. It's, not even, it's not even yours, it's His. Yeah. Amazing. Acts 16, 30 to 31. Man, I'm just getting jacked. Sirs, what? Like, there's a question here. A person comes to the disciples and he's just asking, what must I do to be saved? Great question. Great question. What can I do? So they said... Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and you will be saved. But not only you, you and your household. Just believe. I know it is difficult sometimes to think that it could be that easy. All I have to do is believe. Yeah, actually, that's it. That's all you got to do. You can't earn your way in. There's nothing to earn. You already have received it. You're just aren't aware of it. Right? And for some of you, you're sitting there and, and you're part of our church already and whatever. And I'm, I'm just telling you, like this is a reminder of the good news that's in your life. The reason why you have hope. The reason why you have joy. The reason why there is no striving. Why it's just absolutely a gift from God. Come on. Acts 4.2 Neither in their salvation... Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other, no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Only Jesus. And this is where things really separate for a lot of people. They're like, well, there is many ways to heaven. Well, actually not. You know, Jesus is the, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There, yes. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. Where's the struggle? Yeah. Right? He's not saying, hey man, I want you to live like this. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. If you don't, you're out. That's not what he's saying. No, he's already presented Jesus. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how God showed his love for us. Yeah. He didn't require us to do something first. He didn't. Mm -hmm. He created us. He poured life into us. He believes in us. He's passionate about us. He calls us his own. All we need to do is believe him. And there's a struggle in our minds. We're like, it can't be that simple. But I'm telling you, friends, it is actually. It is that simple. All you need to do is believe in Jesus. John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment. Did you check that out? He does not come into judgment. But he passed from death to life. Because Jesus became the judgment. He actually bore the judgment. So that we wouldn't. And uh, I'm telling you, that's good news, guys. That is good news. Mm -hmm. when, when God looks at us, he judges us righteous. Because we are, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Matthew 6, 9 to 13 says, Pray like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Most of the world actually recognizes this, this prayer. And in this prayer is basically everything you need for daily living. It does everything. It tackles It tackles. Uh, spiritual warfare it tackles provision it tackles love it tackles the, the like we want it to be about God not about us it, so it talks about the surrendering of our own will the greatest gift we could give God is our will and you recognize that actually in the garden of Gethsemane so that's the night the night that Jesus is to be arrested he goes and he's and he's wrestling with the calling on his life. Check this out. This is intense. He's, he's literally wrestling with the calling on his, on his life to lay it all down for God. To lay it all down so that you and I could be saved. And he's there and he's wrestling with this thing. And he's saying, Lord, if it's at all possible, may this cup pass from me. And then he says, but not my will, your will be done. And then... He, he does it. 
He fulfills it. He fulfills the calling on his life. And friends, there's a calling on your life. Jesus understands that, that it's difficult sometimes to step into the calling on your life. And some of you might be confused. You might be like, a calling? What is a calling? I don't know what a calling is. It's a calling. It's a purpose. It's a plan. It's a destiny. Destiny. That means there's a hope for you. There's a future for you that God has planned. He's like, man, I want to partner together with you. I want to pour out so much life into you that every cell in your body will be actually enthusiastic about what's going on. You'll be like, hey, man, boom, let's get up. we got to get going. It's fantastic. <laughs> Come on. You know? let's go. Revelation 3.20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will eat with him. I love that, eating. Eating is good. Right? There's a breaking. There's fellowship. He wants to have fellowship with us. And he says, and he with me. We will go back and forth and we will share back and forth with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there might be some of you right now who are tuning in for the first time. There might be some of you who are watching this later. I don't know. But I believe that Jesus literally sat, stand there. Hello. <laughs> I'm not going away. Please let me in. He wants us to open up our hearts to Him. He wants us to open up our lives to Him. And we allow Him to enter into us, that we partake of Him. We eat with Him, we sup with Him, we yeah. actually take Him into our being, and He changes the essence of what's going on inside of us. Yes. Like It is oftentimes a struggle to step out of darkness and into the light. I totally get that. I'm with you. But that's not God. That's, that's the authorities, the principalities, the rulers of this dark kingdom, this dark world that are causing you to feel shame, that are causing you to feel fear and self-condemnation. And I'm telling you, yeah. that's not God. God is a liberator. Yes. Jesus came to liberate you. Yes. He came to set the captives free. Come on. Woo! All right. Hallelujah. Matthew 9, 6 to 8 says this. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority... On earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. He rose and he went home. Just like that. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given given such authority to men. You guys, surely you know if you've experienced healing, if you've if you've heard stories, read stories, seen things where there's been miracles, like like radical transformations. Um, a person's leg growing out or a person who a child who was who was said to be dying suddenly turns around and yeah. and cancer is removed from their body see even now I'm speaking of cancer there's some of you watching right now that the doctors have said there's cancer growing in your body I'm declaring it no I'm calling it dead I'm calling yeah, yeah, it yeah. null and void because there's a there's a greater calling there's a destiny over your life yeah, and by yeah. believing in Jesus you inherit eternal life you are then a co-partaker with Jesus and, and, and he lives in you. Boy, there's healing. Healing, healing, healing for you right now. Romans 10, 9 to 10 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe it in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Mm-hmm. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved or and are saved. And that reminds me of Job 20, verse 22, where Jesus, or sorry, not Jesus, but the Lord speaks to Job and he says, if you decide a thing, so decide, that's an internal process. You decide, you have a conviction deep in your heart about something and you declare it with your mouth. God will make it so. 
He makes it so you don't do it. He does it. And the light of the Lord will shine on you. Come on. I mean, like, seriously. He wants to partner together with you, and he's, he's giving you the faith. He's giving you the courage. He's giving you the words. All we need to do is wrap our hearts around that thing, take it in, and believe him. God wants people who are sold out for him. God wants people that are at, will take him at his word and just believe. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. All he did was believe him. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, friends, Jesus has paved the way for you. God is saying, simply partner together with what I say. Believe me. Believe me that you're saved. Believe me mm -hmm. that I've done all the work for you. Believe me that I am making you righteous in me. I am making you holy in me. I am doing it, mm -hmm. says the Lord. That's what God is saying. He is at work doing it. All we need to do is believe him. Amen. Step Amen. out of self-condemnation. Just step out of it. Leave it behind. Amen. And you guys, this is an example of what the church is meant to do. We're meant to share. We're meant to encourage each other with yeah. words out of the scripture about God and who he is and what he's done for us. That is the point. And we take this glorious gospel that is not about the works of man, but it is, the, it is about the works of one man. And that one man's name is Jesus. Be proud of him. Be proud of what he's done. Accept him. Love him. Live in him. There is no obstacle in your life that you cannot overcome through the power of Jesus Christ. It says that all things are possible for him who believes. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. He's removed every obstacle so that you can walk in, in, in newness, in newness of life. Absolutely love it. Come on. In Matthew 19, 25, 26, it says, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Because the situation arose and it seemed like it would be impossible. Because there's, there's just this perceived gap. And God says, or Jesus says, he looks at them and he says, with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Yes. Believe him. All things. It doesn't matter right now how far you feel you are from God or how far you feel you are from holiness or righteousness. It's not about your feeling. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. It is about God, his truth. There are facts in your life, absolutely. And I understand that there are things that cause you to maybe think that I'm really distant from him. But you're not. Or... What I should say is, he is not distant from you. Yeah. There's nothing that you can do that will separate you from the love of God. Zero. Absolutely nothing that will separate you from his love. Come on. Yeah. And so when we have these thoughts, where we're like, man, I'm just not feeling very close to God. All right? But what does his word say? What do the scriptures say? Are you going to take God at his word? Because surely your word is not as authoritative as his. His word trumps yours. Amen. Yeah. And so with that, I just want I just want to give you guys the opportunity right now mm -hmm. to respond to God, to respond to Jesus, to respond to what's going on in your home, what's going on in your heart. I'm going to ask you to just listen. Mm -hmm. You are loved. Yeah. You are cherished. Mm -hmm. Nothing you can do will separate you from the love of God.
And God showed his love for you in this, that yeah. while you were still living in your sin, yes. he died for you. Yeah. Mm. All you need to do is receive him. Believe in him. Let him change your life. Let him change the circumstances in your life. Let him overpower all the negativity that comes towards you. Let him be the reason why you wake up in the morning. Let him be the reason why you give thanks for every Come on, breath. Come on. Let him be the one who encourages you to get up. Yeah. Let him fill you with joy. Let Come him on. fill you with peace. Let him fill you with love. That's his heart's desire, is that you would feel the, the eternal love that he has for you, the all-encompassing love that he has for you. I know what we talk about, there's peace that surpasses understanding, but there's a love, there's a love that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, there's no one in your life that can escape his love. Mm -hmm. No one. They're all his kids. We're all of us. And you guys, part of the church, part of the reason why the church exists is to bring this message. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the work of the cross. I thank you for Jesus. Yes. I thank you, Papa, that you're the one who even right now is calling out to your people. They're calling out to the church and waking her up and saying, I love you. I love you. It doesn't matter what's happened. I love you. Come into me. Come into me. And so, church, right now, yes. I just want to speak life into you. Come. Just come, come boldly before the throne of grace. Yes. Boldly, let nothing hinder you. Just come boldly with absolute expectation that he's going to pour out glory into your life, that he's going to pour out healing into your life, that he's going to pour out love into you. He is the reason. Yeah. The reason why you have any sense of joy in, deep inside of your heart is because Holy Spirit has already touched you. It says that the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. You're already encountering the love of God. Sometimes you just don't know it. And so, Father, I pray for fullness in their homes right now. Father, wherever they're at, I pray that they would be encountering you, that they would be encountering Holy Spirit, just drawing them into your heart, letting them encounter you, Papa. Just break through the barriers, the mental barriers, the understanding. We lean not on our understanding. We lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we acknowledge you and you direct our paths. So, Papa, even now there are people who are wondering where they should go. What direction should they move? But this scripture clearly tells us that you will direct our paths. Yes. And so we just surrender our will to you. We surrender it, Father. Lead us into life everlasting. Lead us into a glorious path. We love you so much, Papa.